0: Welcome to The Ziegler Show, episode 468. I'm your host, Kevin Miller. Today, Tom Ziegler and I bring you Dina Dwyer, back for her second visit with us. In show 402, which has been downloaded over 40,000 times now, she took us through her book, Values, Inc., proving that leading your business and career with values is not only the right thing to do, but it makes far more money. And for Dina, this is to the tune of 2 billion annually for her company. We have her back now because she's released something new that we wanted to bring to you. It's the create your culture workbook. This is relevant for you in the workplace and personally as well. And you can have it, For free. She's given it for free, which you'll very much want after hearing this interview. My analogy is if if creating a mission statement for your business and work is a nice little doormat to your home, this workbook on creating the culture is actually sitting down in the living room. No comparison. So here we go.
1: Take it now. You can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today is a brand new day,
2: and it's yours.
0: So here's a good story on Dina. She recently returned from Washington, D.C., I think it was just prior to the interview, and had one of many recent meetings with Kathy McMorris Rogers, Chair of the House Republican Conference. Dina gave a values workshop to Kathy's entire congressional staff over a year ago, and they now have their own written code of values that has helped them make business decisions at the highest level. The stories that Kathy and her team members shared of how they had been using these values in everyday life, uh, not just at the office, were dramatically validating, and they've allowed Dina to share their testimony. You'll hear more about that in the interview. Um, and she, Dina, then in this interview gives us six steps in the workbook. This is as we always try to do here on Ziggler. This is not just a message, not just an ideal, but something for you to take action on in your life to inspire your true performance. So she gives us six steps, steps in the workbook to clarify our values and create our culture. Uh, and just for an example, step one is clarify your values. And Dina literally showcases a list of 106 commonly held values to choose from. I, I went through myself. I picked 31, uh, which you'll hear me talk to Dina about in the show. She gave me some counsels to narrow down now to the top 10, uh, which I did. And just again, this is a, a 100% actionable show. You can apply it immediately and you can get your, I'll, I'll give you this right off the bat. Get your free, create your culture workbook that you're about to hear about at Dina's website at Dina dwyerowens.com That's D-I-N-A-D-W-Y-E-R O W E N S dot com. And you can also check out her new endeavor. It's called Neighborly, uh, which you can find at getneighborly.com. And think of an Angie's list of recommended providers for home services. That's what her company does is work with franchises. But all these listings are Dwyer approved companies who are values based. Uh, You don't want anyone else working on your home. Um, Real quick, as I mentioned in the last show, for those of you who continue to inquire with me about business coaching, I address a specific uh, area. I don't do overall, just every kind of business consulting. I have a specific area. You can go to agent K as in Kevin and the your best business opportunity and positioning consulting package. See what I offer there. That's if you want to engage with me, that's the one place that I do that. Again, it's agentkmiller.com. Two companies help bring this show to you today, and then we'll dive right into the interview. Constant contact, number one. No one makes it easier to create interactive email content that drives engagement from your customers than constant contact. And email is still king for driving consumer response. Constant contact lets you easily upload your email list, and then they handle the rest. Unsubscribes, bounces, inactive emails, all update automatically. Plus the templates are all built to be mobile responsive. So you can be sure that your emails will look just as great on small screens as they do on big ones. See how you can be a marketer with a free trial at constantcontactcom slash podcast. And then fresh Mac is your Mac computer running slower than usual. Well, if it's over a year old, then it's already filled with junk. That's slowing it down. Thankfully, there is a safe, free download called Fresh Mac. It's designed to scan, clean, and optimize your Mac computer. Fresh Mac can speed up your Mac and free up hard drive space in minutes. It's a one-click scan and can tell you what's clogging up your Mac in just 60 seconds. You can then attempt to clean it yourself, which is a little sketchy, or let Fresh Mac do it quickly for a small fee. So freshen up your Mac and go to freshmac.com to download Fresh Mac for a free scan now. Okay. Here then Tom Ziegler and I bring you our interview with Dina Dwyer Owens and we walk through her create your culture workbook. Dina, you're back with us again. One of our multi-show people. Now we'll have you on that list. Thanks for coming and giving us your time again.
2: It's always my pleasure. Thank you, Kevin.
0: Well, I want to set the stage for folks who did not yet listen to the first show that we did with you. And like I said, in the intro folks, go listen to that one. But uh, to set the stage for them, I want you to share uh, with everyone that leading with values is not merely just an altruistic, do the right thing endeavor. It is that, but you're also living out the tangible consequences that add up to billions of dollars. Give us a snapshot of that again. Well,
2: something just was announced about two weeks ago, and I don't think it would have been possible here at the Dwyer Group had it not been for building our company for 36 years on this foundation of core values and keeping those values front and center. We just launched something we called GetNeighborly.com, and GetNeighborly.com is a one place stop shop to stop at. You know, if you're a consumer who's needing any home services, um, and the unique thing about GetNeighborly.com is that we know every service provider that we're recommending to you as a, as a potential consumer of these services. So they're all of our brands, all of our franchisees who've been through go through basic training, all who've been pre-vetted and we believe that they're aligned with our values. Otherwise they wouldn't have joined our organization. Right. So when people say, Oh, values are nice and they're kind of warm and fuzzy, but did they really impact the financial results of my company? Cause I'm in, in business to make a living. I can assure you that when you have clear values that you keep front and center, that, Uh, you also deliver quality product or service that will translate into greater financial results than not having them.
0: Well, and again, folks, and I'll say it multiple times, go listen to show 402 to get the full tilt boogie on that message right there. And we're going to hit on it multiple times here, but speaking of something else significant that happened, we received at Ziegler this message recently, and it's, it's part of what led up to us doing this interview. Again, it said Dina had one of many recent meetings with Kathy McMorris-Rogers, chair of the House Republican Conference, Dean to give a values workshop to, Cindy, or to Kathy's entire congressional staff over a year ago, and and they now have their own written code of values that has helped them make business decisions at the highest levels. The stories that Kathy and her team members shared recently of how they have been using these values in everyday life, not just at the office, but in everyday life were of such tremendous value. They told Dina that she could share at large, which is what we're doing here. I mean, that's huge. Tell us a little bit more about that opportunity and outcome.
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, Kevin, when you pray for something, how it seems to, to show up when God's ready for it to show up. And I was on Capitol Hill doing some franchising work, you know, talking about things that are important to small businesses. I had asked to speak with, um, some people who might be interested in the trades and, and in my case, women in the trades. And it just so happened, Kathy McMorris Rogers was the one who said, yes, let's gather up a group of representatives who are women and let's hear about women in the trades. Well, that was a week after Boehner had announced his resignation. If you remember that it was a pretty uh, fragile time on the Hill, I guess every time is a fragile time on the Hill, yeah. but um, it ended up that most of those people couldn't attend this meeting. So Kathy McMorris-Rogers is somebody who lives up to her commitments. She said, look, I still want to meet with you, but I only have about five minutes. And she and another congresswoman, Virginia Fox, showed up for this meeting. So I had to net it out. And I said, first, I've got to just share with you who Dwyer Group is. And I always talk about the code of values and mention that, by the way, at the beginning of any meeting of three or more, we actually review the values. And and I had my chief operating officer, Mary Thompson, with me. And and Kathy McMorris-Rogers says, wait a second are you telling me that before you begin a meeting of three more people, your employees or your franchisees, you actually review your values? I've never heard of anything like that. And so Mary Thompson says, would you like for us to show you how we do it? And we start rattling off. We love our code of values by treating others as we'd like to be treated. And we kind of go back and forth on, you know, four or five of our values. And Kathy says, oh my goodness, this is what we need on Capitol Hill. Wow. She said, what are you doing tonight? And we said, what would you like for us to be doing tonight? She said, well, we've got a conference meeting tonight, again, a week after Boehner announced his resignation. And I'd like to see if I could have you guys kick off the meeting by talking about what you do with your values. Of course, their chiefs of staff were scared to death of bringing some strangers from Waco, Texas (laughs) into their meeting. And and we didn't get to do it that night, but she said, I promise you, I'm going to have you back. And I said, well, in the meantime, I'm here a couple times a year. If I could help you and your staff with your values, let me know. So to make a long story short, I met with her, her four chiefs of staff, because she's got her district in Washington staff, and then she's got her conference staff, so about 30 folks all together. I got face-to-face with them, went over how we do it here at Dwyer Group, and they got to work, and they came up with a mantra, we serve. And the S stands for seeking excellence, the E is for everybody matters, the R is for responsible. Uh, Responsibly own it. The V is for vigilant integrity and the E is for embracing change. And they have made the commitment to review their values at particular meetings throughout their week. And it is making a positive impact, not only in their offices, but amongst other members of Congress. Uh, And she had invited me to speak at the congressional retreat last January. And I was before maybe 100 members of Congress, including uh, Paul Ryan, the Speaker of the House. I happened to sit at the table with him and, and had to look it right in the eye and say, Speaker Ryan, and, and, I, and I like Speaker Ryan, it's really up to you all to get the values front and center back in Congress again. It takes your leadership and your commitment before you can invite the rest of Congress to do it. Yeah.
0: Well, and so you just hit on some of the things I want to dig into right now in that exercise. What an incredible fruition there. Uh, you know, in, again, show 402, we went over, really through the book, Values Inc, how incorporating values into business and life can change the world. And so folks, you got to listen to that today, though. I wanted to dig into the create your culture workbook. And you just talked about the acronym there that I'm going to get into here in just a minute. Uh, and I, I literally went through it myself, Dean. I had a, had a really good time doing it. I have a business partner that I want us to go through it for, for one company, uh, on. Uh, but I'll ask you to share with the audience first off, just to hit a high level, how the create your culture workbook is different from a, create a mission statement, which so many people have heard about. And I think a lot of times, as you know, they feel like, you know, what does it really add up to? Uh, So tell us how this is different, why you crafted it differently than just the mission statement concept.
2: Yeah. And, And I love the idea of having a clear mission statement and a vision statement and a set of values. What happens is it seems to stop there as it relates to the values and people go back to work. And and five years later, they get back to the strategic planning process, working on vision, mission, and values, when they've never really changed their culture. And it's not because they don't want to do a great job leading their companies. They just are missing a step. We're in franchising. So what a franchise does is we take what's most important in a business. We create systems around it so they can be replicated so that other people can do them, right? Right. So what we did with this Create Your Culture workbook is how can we give people the steps that we took to make living our values, um, part of everyday life here at Dwyer. And that's what the creature workbook is. It's helping people walk through. Now, how do you take the values you've identified and create value statements or behavior statements? So things you can actually measure whether or not you're living up to, and we're probably going to walk through it. So I won't keep going, but it's step by step by step. How do you create the system so that whether the CEO or the, the the teacher or the, the parent, um, whether they're there or not, these values should live on in that family or that organization.
1: So let me, let me jump in. I'm going to like skip to the end uh, because I want to ask a tactical question. And uh, with Get Neighborly, how many, how many different franchisees are represented all your, under all your different brands?
2: Yeah. For Get Neighborly, which is a North American initiative, We'll have about 2,500 franchisees, Tom, that are represented across. Yeah, in the case of that, we've got um, 13 particular service brands.
1: Got you. So let's just say, hypothetically, somebody calls corporate and says, hey, uh, so-and-so came, and they weren't very neighborly. They didn't live up to these values. So what do you do when that happens? So this is the tactical thing, uh, and I'm just curious as to how Mm -hmm. you handle that.
2: First of all, we appreciate when a customer is willing to take the time to let us know. Of course, the franchisees are small, independent business owners, so they own those businesses. But when we hear from a customer that our franchisee wasn't very neighborly, that hurts. We don't want to hear that. So what our our role is, is to make sure that we get in touch with the franchisee. Each franchisee has a franchise coach, Tom, much like you do at Ziegler. Right. We're picking them up to be the best business leaders that they can be. So the franchise coach will certainly um, get with the franchisee and say, we, we've heard from a customer, Tom Ziegler, not happy with the, the service. It wasn't what they expected. It didn't feel neighborly. Um, we need to do something about that. So we will ask the franchisee to get back with Tom Ziegler and make sure that Tom is taken care of so that he can say, yes, it was a neighborly experience.
1: Okay. I love closing the loop. And the reason I ask that is we have about 220 certified trainers around the world. And so every now and then we get a call. Hey, it wasn't what we expected. And so here's the thing that's most interesting on our side. We do exactly the same thing, but usually when we track it down, it's somebody claiming to be affiliated with us, and it's not really us. Do you ever run into that?
2: Not very often because... You know, if they're using our brand name and there's a franchisee in that area, boy, that franchisee will let us know right away that somebody's using our marks that shouldn't be using our marks.
1: Okay, there we go. Well, I was just curious because I have a great deal of confidence in companies that have a, a, a built in accountability mm-hmm. system. And I was just studying the word accountability, and there's a word called accountancy. And accountancy means knowing what precisely matters. Hmm. And that is a very cool word. So, whenever you're trying to get work done, whether it's training or education or somebody working on a specific part of your house for something that's really important to you, you want to have somebody come in who knows precisely what matters. And there is nothing that matters more than the relationship that you exhibit as you do the work the right way. And so I think that's why I, I, Kevin, I would say that's why we love having Dina back yeah. because it's not just about installing and doing a great job. It's a relationship that automatically blossoms and grows out of that because that's what matters most.
2: Yeah. Tom, we say it's, it's, it's not what we do. It's who we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, the truth is, Our customers, the end user customer of our franchisees, after doing lots of research, lots of um, focus groups, they're the ones who said neighborly was the one word they believe described the experience they had with our franchisees. In fact, 89% of the consumers that were surveyed, and these were recent customers, a thousand of them across all of our brands, they said, you're helpful, you're professional you're courteous, just like a neighbor. (laughs) They're the ones who said we should call it neighborly. And our our chief marketing and strategy officer said that 89% is just off the charts. And I'm not boasting. I'm just giving it the, the reality of what we heard from the customer. She said, if you get a rating in the 60s from customers that there's a certain word that describes your company, that's positive. That's terrific. If you get a 70, you should be jumping for joy. She said, but 89%, you just don't hear that. And we are we are not a perfect company. I mean, I, I'll be the first to say it. And we work hard to live up to these values, to attract the right employees, the right franchisees to our company, but we don't always hit that bar. But we want to know when we haven't hit the bar so that we can make it right. It's never too late to make it right. I think you might've said that. <laughs>
0: Well, so, and that's what we're talking about today. And I love that this is not just a concept. It's not just purely a message. This is something that you've taken in this workbook here so that we can all in our personal lives and our families and in our businesses and our companies that we can put into effect. And yeah, you guys talk about relationship and as everybody's going to hear right, right now, as we start going through this, I don't see, it's not possible, you know, as a business owner. Doing some of doing these things is going to take not only level relationship, but of uh, vulnerability and some humility and some ability to be accountable. So, all right, so let's dive in. There's six steps that you outline in the workbook. Step number one is clarify your values. And you literally showcase a list of, I counted them up, 106 commonly held values to choose from. So I went through uh, myself with the extent just to, you know, I'll just be expedient because I want to experience it to do the show here and just grab the, grab the ones that, uh, that that really just grabbed me. Uh so in minutes mere minutes I picked 31 uh in there it was very interesting though to be honest with the truth that, uh, so whatever, 106 minus 31, there's a lot of values on there that are great, positive qualities, but I'd be, I'd be lying if I said, oh yeah, they all really struck a chord with me. Uh, so can you clarify a little bit, even in doing that exercise? I mean, 31, did I pick too many? Does it not matter? Is it, but how do you perceive, I guess, get your, your mindset on realizing that these are all good values and it kind of feels a little bad to say, well, that didn't really strike a chord with me, but, but you can't pick them all.
2: You, you can't pick them all, Kevin. You're right. And what I would suggest is that after going through those and getting to your 31 is then narrowing them down to at least 10.
0: Okay. And saying
2: which 10 of these really matter? Okay. I mean, if, if I had a choice, I had to pick 10. Somebody told me, gun to your head, you got to pick 10, which 10 really matter the most. Okay. And those are the ones I would, I would take to the next step, which is then getting with your team and understanding your team or your fa- family. This doesn't have to be just for corporate America, right. Or for a non nonprofit organization, this can work at home with your kids.
0: Right. Okay. So let me ask you, so yes, yeah, part, or it's, it's the next step in part one there is listed as our value. So I went through it and I did it with my, my wellness business in mind. And right off the bat, I realized that while the team benefits from, me leading with my values, the ones I just picked out there, uh, the values of our company that what we're best known for are not necessarily the ones that made my personal list. So I wonder, is that common or am I just belying some personal schizophrenia here? No,
2: no it's very common. Okay. Uh, you know, like I, 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 work hard to adhere to Dwyer group's values, both at work and at home, because if you get really good at these and it becomes a way of thinking and living, it affects all your relationships. But at home, in my personal life, my number one personal value is my faith. Mm. And that does not show up on the Dwarri Group's Code of Values, right? So yes, there can be very um, distinct values that are for you personally, maybe for your family personally. And yet at work, they're a little different. Okay, You've got a certain customer base um, you're catering to at work. So yes, they can be different.
0: Okay, interesting. You know, as I looked at it, thinking then of my family and what we are known for as the Millers and our, and our big family and what my kids and wife would say, I would think that they're much more aligned with my personal values. Which made me wonder is the difference uh, cause I really took this to heart as an exercise. I want to do it with my family. I want to do it in, in a couple of businesses. So at home I'm endeavoring to grow, you know, leaders and influencers and kids that care for other people. But in the business I'm endeavoring to offer, you know, a product or a service to a customer with those qualities. But again, is that relevant? You've got your personal ones, you've got business, you've got family, and that they may all have probably some overlap, like a Venn di- a good Venn diagram, but not necessarily that they're supposed to be uh, static all the way through in each area. Before we continue, a brief pause for our two main show sponsors, Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L. If you're interested in learning a new language for an upcoming summer trip, let's say, or perhaps you're looking for a new job and want to strengthen your resume, Or maybe you just always wanted to speak another language. Babbel is the number one language learning app in the world. They offer 14 languages. My daughter is studying French, so using the advanced program with Babbel. Ziggler listeners can get three months of Babbel free when you sign up for three months at babbel.com slash Ziggler and use the offer code Ziggler. The Babbel, it quickly teaches you how to have real life conversations in a new language via your desktop, smartphone, or tablet. They'll prepare you for any and all situations like ordering food, asking for directions, talking business, and so much more. Because Babbel's interactive technology is so effective, you'll actually remember what you learn. And with convenient 10 to 15 minute lessons, you can learn wherever you are and whenever you can make time in your busy schedule. Again, right now, my listeners can get three months of Babbel free when you sign up for three months. So visit Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com slash Ziegler and use the offer code Ziegler. And next, if you are hiring, do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Finding great talent can be tough. Thankfully with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to hundred plus job sites with just one click. Then their powerful technology efficiently matches the right people to your job better than anyone else. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Simply screen rate and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, totally free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash free trial.
2: I agree. And your personal okay. values, of course, will help support those organizational values okay. because it makes you the best version of yourself. Um, that may be a term that's overused now, but I love it because every day I'm trying to be better than I was yesterday. And your personal values keeps okay. your foundation strong as to who Kevin is. Right. Who's Kevin? And then that's going to contribute to any operational values you have in an organization.
0: Well, so let me ask it on the, per, on the family front. Um, and we've got a lot of business owners, you know, in this audience. Um, but we've got even more that are just family folks to take this into the family. We've recently done a lot with Mark Tim, who's CEO of Ziegler family and look at taking this into a family scenario to talk about your values. I, you know, I looked at that and, and even in my family where I'd say we've got some healthy relationships and we're pretty aligned. But I thought. I could see some feathers getting ruffled here and this being a little difficult, especially between a husband and wife going, really? We stand for that. What about this? And uh, that it's, that this is, this is a vulnerable place to be with the family. Have you found that?
2: But isn't it healthy to have those kind of communications?
0: Well, yeah, and
2: get aligned as a family. Cause that's one of our problems in society today. Yeah. Kids, kids don't know what their family's values are because we're not sitting around the dinner table anymore. Talking about what's important to our family. What went well today for you? What didn't go so well today for you? To, and how do our values apply to that? In fact, when we do this exercise here in Waco, every, every new franchisee and employee coming through basic training, we sit down and do this exercise on personal values. And sometimes they get stuck. They're like, you know, I've never, never thought about it to this extent, right? To write it down Yeah. and then even apply it. in the case of personal values. I, I call them rules or rituals. Um, so we have behavior statements when we're talking about organizational values. And so it's kind of the same thing, but what are your rules? How do you know when your family's really living up to your family's values? What's happening so that you can measure it. It's, it stumps some people, but then once they get on a roll, they start going, Oh yeah, it's my behaviors. It's the way I behave. Those are the things I'm supposed to be doing that support my values. And I am not feeling good when things are not going well in my life. Most of the time, if I look back to my values and my, you want to call it rules or um, accountability statements. Usually when I'm not feeling good, it's because I'm violating my own rules that should be supporting my values. What I say are most important to me.
0: Now, you just mentioned behaviors, uh, and, and that's the last part of step one there. And again, I like that. It's just like as you talked about before, you deal with franchises, and these are businesses that need to be able to be duplicated well. And you're even in this workbook; it's about taking action. So you talk about that. That uh, step one is choosing the values that are most important to you, then creating specific behaviors. And right there, that's where I saw, oh gosh, that's what kind of blows it out of the, the, the just little mission statement type of deal. You're talking about creating the values and then creating specific behaviors. I uh, just, uh, just flesh that out a little bit for us. Cause I, you say that sounds good, but okay. How in my work. So we're talking about the values to create specific behaviors. Give us an example, maybe.
2: Well, Tom had asked a good question earlier about what happens with a customer who said hmm. that the experience with the franchise, was not neighborly. One of our values is operating in a responsible manner, what we call above the line. You know, so you see this, this line here and the word above the line is accountability, which he just defined for us. So things below the line would be words like blame or justification or even shame. People sometimes are ashamed of a bad decision they made, so they won't own it. They won't take responsibility for it. So that's an example of a behavior statement or accountability statement. Are you operating in a responsible manner above line? Or are you pointing the finger at other people while your job didn't get done? Whether it's something at home, right? You did your homework, you didn't do the homework, and you blame the dog because the homework got chewed up. Well, you shouldn't have left it on the floor for the dog to get to it by his dog dish, you know, whatever the case may be. Another one that I really love in our business because we're in the trades businesses and not all trades people, but some have a habit of using profanity. And the customer doesn't appreciate that. So one of our values is speaking calmly, and respectfully without profanity or sarcasm. That's a behavior statement, right? If you want to be here, you want to work for us, you want to be a franchisee, we need you to really watch that because it does not fit with who we are. Yeah.
1: You know, that sounds exactly like our code of ethics that we uh, have all of our certified trainers. Um, Cause we, we don't use profanity. We don't use inappropriate jokes. Uh, We spend about five minutes. If you're ever thinking about whether you should say something or not, the answer is no. <laughs> Don't say it. Um, you know, I'll, this reminds me of a story. Dad was speaking at a very, very uh, large company. I think they had about a thousand people at this event. It was in the oil and gas industry. And the executives in that organization had come out of the field. And so, you know, think roughneck, think, But also, think brilliant. I mean, these people were not um, in charge for no reason at all, right? They knew the business. uh, And back in the green room, and I was young, I was like early 20s, and there was a lot of blue language going on. And I had never been exposed to that. Hmm. And so I went to dad on the side and I said, Dad, I don't understand. I've never seen somebody dressed up in suits in a business environment talking like this. And he said, son, two things I want you to remember out of this encounter. First, never judge somebody by the language. They're very smart people. And number two, isn't it a shame that they are losing a percentage of the audience by the words they choose. Mm -hmm. And so there's always, at Ziegler. there's always been this responsibility. We need to reach everybody. We Mm -hmm. need to go out and impact everybody Because what we have is life changing. And so that always, so now when I hear language like that, uh, I almost start feeling sorry for because they are limiting
2: their audience. And many times they don't even, they don't even know that they're doing it. This is a sad thing because it's been such a habit uh, and nobody's had the courage to say, hey, do you realize, you know, about every other sentence, you use a four word, a, a, a four letter word that is not really appropriate. Most people don't realize it. And like you said, there's some of the smartest people, but it's a habit. It's a bad habit that they've created that nobody's helped them break. Yeah. So we have a beep game here. That, you know, what we did is we gamified our values when we implemented them. <laughs> and that's another one of the steps Kevin will talk about is we have to test, test the values. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had the employees all weigh in on a 90 day beep game where if they caught a management team member violating a value, they verbally just said beep. Sometimes beep, 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 because we were so <laughs> bad. But it worked because it was a feedback system that gave us a chance as executives to realize I was sarcastic. I didn't use profanity, but I got beat for being sarcastic a couple of times.
0: Yeah, yeah. And right there, that speaks to what I was referring to before. There's just some humility that you've got to instill when you're going to do this. And you as the leader are going to be a part of that. Well, yeah. Well, so I want to speed up and get there. So step two, create your mantra. Uh, you say an easy to memorize mantra or acronym that consolidates your values and accountability statements, just using the values words you gave us and thinking of uh, the Ziegler show. I chose my own. You ready? I, I'm going to give it a shot here. I, I did inspire, of course. All right. So uh, influence, nourish. Serve purpose, innovate, results, and energy. what do you think, Tom? Wow, yeah,, Bro. okay, okay, and then creating an affirmation statement before it, I can add in the Ziegler show, we live out our code of values by, and then saying all those words as action words, influencing with great counsel, nourishing with positive perspectives, and so on so i so I like that, and you led off with your um your your time on on Capitol Hill and working with that company and that they create, I think it was one there that they created. So again, I, I take it that this is, we come to so often in these shows where you've come up with an exercise that in essence is a, a method of brain training. Yes. Yes. It okay. Is. All right. So this is one where, so literally creating that, that mantra and an acronym and coming off of that is one that you guys just like in the Dwyer group. That's one that everybody knows and they can just repeat off.
2: Yeah, we say we live rich and that's how we do it here and and live rich, you know, it's not about making money initially. It's about how we treat people, Mm -hmm. respect, integrity, customer focus and having fun. Then all the behavior statements below those. And that's just how we do it here. And the beautiful thing about it is once you practice it and practice it and practice it, all of a sudden when when you're faced with challenges in your organization. So with the one that you just came up with, when you guys are faced with challenges, your mind's going to go right to the right word. Innovate. Maybe it's going to be an innovation issue for you guys. You're going to go right to that word and say, okay, what problem is, is we're not innovating fast enough.
0: Mm.
2: We're we're behind.
0: Mm.
2: So let's figure that out. It's just an amazing thing.
0: Okay. And, and again, to clarify, that wasn't one that you, Dina, at the head of the, the company came up with and then handed out to everyone. This is our acronym. You guys created it together. And just tell us again about that. Reiterate how powerful that is when you give ownership to everybody.
2: Yeah, we took a team approach. So there were, I think there were five or six of us on the initial team that came up with kind of what are our values? What what are the organization's values? What do we like about uh, the company and working here? What other people say they like about, you know, doing business with us. And so we consolidated all those. And then we did that beat game. We gamified our values. We brought back then 21 years ago, 125 employees together. We said, Here's what we think is a solution for keeping our culture special without our founder being with us anymore, because he had passed away a year earlier. And we we need your help, please. We gave them a laminated card. Please study, you know, study these values. And anytime you catch a management team member violating a value, we want your feedback in the form of a beep. And it, for 90 days, it was like the Roadrunner was racing through our buildings. <laughs> beep, 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 beep. And you know, we we laughed because we would have cried, Tom, because it was kind of depressing. We were so bad at it, but the good news was, is the employees cared enough to really take it seriously. Mm -hmm. And and some things happened. I I don't know if you guys have heard of uh, Patrick Lencioni's, um, he has a statement about values and he says, when properly practiced, values can inflict pain. They can make some employees feel like outcasts. They can limit an organization's strategic and operational freedom. Think about that. Mm. So in the case of making decisions as a board, sometimes as a board, we say, we don't think it's best for us to acquire that company. Yes, it's a franchise company. Yes, serves the same customer base, but there could be a conflict of interest. We have actually not pursued an acquisition because we felt like there was a conflict of interest and it wouldn't have been the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to say, puts, puts executives under the microscope for even minor violations because, you know, people like to catch us doing things wrong. And then it requires constant vigilance. So the truth is this value stuff is not for the faint of heart, whether you're a parent or the CEO of the company. It takes commitment and courage.
0: Okay. Well, and, so, and that is Tom, go ahead.
1: Yeah. I was just going to say it's, it's uh, in our Ziegler family challenge. Uh, one of the simple things that we teach is we tell parents to shut the cell phone off, quit looking at text, and make your kids your accountability partner. Right? So when it's family time, when it's dinner, when it's bedtime, when it's whatever, it's kind of it's kind of cool how there's like a one to one parallel on values at home and values in work and how everybody can pull together to be part of the accountability process.
2: Yeah. That's right. And, and as a parent, you don't shut your kid down when your kid's saying, hey, dad, get off the phone. You know, you told us to hold you accountable and you're picking up the phone again.
0: Well, and we and I, I'll say, this is step number three is lead by example. Distribute to your team, and for thirty sixty days, ask them to beep you anytime you violate a value. And we have done some similar things in our home with great success and with great uh, relational bonding. But to do that in a workplace, I'm actually going to ask you just to speak to those who are out there who that's they hear it, they're nodding to it. Feels really uncomfortable, maybe because of the relationships there. That, that, that don't exist within a company. And so do you generally start with, yeah, with your top level folks, especially for a bigger company, but you know, and speak even to the smaller companies though, those that five, 10 employees on how to just speak to the discomfort, because again, we've mentioned vulnerability and humility. You just said, uh, what were the two words you said commitment? And what was the other one?
2: You would ask me something that I said five. I know
0: ago. I should have written it down, but he <laughs> courage, said commitment, courage. And, courage. Thank you. That was it. it takes, that was it. Okay.
2: It takes courage because as a leader, you've got to be vulnerable. You know what? For any of us to pretend like we're perfect, we're just kidding ourselves. And so when we say to our employees, look, I know I'm not perfect at this. Can you help me get better at this and then bite your tongue when they give you that feedback, if you, Sometimes you'll disagree with them. They may beep you and you go, no, wait a second. What, what, are you, what are you beeping me for? What did I do? And, and they saw it one way and mm. you see it a different way. Mm. So one of our values is everyone has a right to their own perspective. Well, let's take a moment to slow down and take a deep breath and let's hear them out. Let's really hear their perspective. And the case that people beep me for being sarcastic. I never thought I was sarcastic. And they said, Dina, this is how you responded. This is how you said it. This is how it sounded to us. And when they repeated what I said, and how I said it, I was shocked. I said, hmm. wow, I had no idea I came across that way. And I apologized. The interesting thing is as leaders, because it does take leadership owning it first, we cannot expect our employees to live our, our, our values that we're pushing in their face unless we are truly committed ourselves to live those values. But when I apologized to this one young man who beeped me and, and caught me being sarcastic, he said, you know what, but I owe you an apology too. He said, I asked you a question and I was um, not very nice in my approach and asking you the question. I was kind of a smart aleck. Hmm. So when you as a leader own responsibility for the way you behaved, it's amazing how the other party almost always will do the same thing. But if you pretend like you're perfect, it's just not going to work.
0: Okay. Systemize and internalize. Step four, create systems for how you review values daily. Again, give us some, now you just said in your own company, if, if what was it, three or more are, are gathered together that you are going to recite the values. Is that a prime? Give us some other examples in companies and in families of doing that, creating systems for how you will review the values daily. That's, that seems big.
2: You made me smile when you asked that, Kevin, the way you asked it, because it reminded me of prayer, right? When three or more of us are
0: gathered. I, yes. Uh, yes. Never okay. about it that way. That's what hit me.
2: But in in our company, we try to simplify things because life is complex enough, right? Whether it's at work or at home. So we said, what can we do that we're not going to forget to do? It's kind of like whether you're in a military branch or in Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts, they start their meetings off by reviewing what's important to them Mm. as a club uh, or an organization or, again, a military branch. So I would just recommend to the listeners, keep it simple. And, and, you know, if if you want to borrow what we do, please borrow it. When three or more are gathered, it's so easy to say, and usually one of the three is going to remember, oh, hey guys, we forgot to start off with our values. Let's make sure we start off with our values. And initially we had to keep our cards with us, the uh, laminated cards, but it got to be where people were reciting the values, what we call by heart with heart. They began to memorize
0: them. Okay. You know, I didn't have this uh, thought out before, but I'm curious in your business in, in Dwyer Group and in, in other businesses, as you have seen this, that right there done. So here you are in a business setting doing this very, in some ways, very intimate thing, very deep work here. What are the testimonies that I assume you have gotten from yourself, from employees, from other business owners on what it did outside of the business for them in their lives?
2: It, you know, it, it's amazing. Just today I was writing a, a newsletter. We have something called rich news that goes out every week. And today I wrote about um, a week and a half or so ago, my co-chairman, Tom Anderson, who's with our private equity group, um, they own the majority of our company. He came into my office almost bouncing. And he said, have you got a minute, Dean? I just want to share something with you. He said, I'm advising a company. Um, That's what he does. He advises a lot of companies. And he said, we just created our own values. And he said, had it not been for my experience with Dwyer Group, I would have never taken this values thing as seriously as I am. And then he handed me, the set of values that he has helped this company create Mm. with the help of the leadership team. And of course, now they've got to implement it. So that's just one example. And another example is just uh, three days ago, I had one of our marketing team experts come in and we were talking about get neighborly.com. It's an exciting time for Dwyer. And she said, one other thing I need to share with you. I was just interviewing an intern from Baylor university. We're right up the river from Baylor university. And she said, one of the questions I always ask is why Dwyer? You know, you're, you're a smart marketing intern. You could probably go to work for almost any company in Dallas or Austin. Why Dwyer? She said, because I want to work for a company that's values-based. Hmm. And it just so happened her teacher had made Values Inc. Um, required reading oh. in her business class at Baylor. She said once she read that book, she made a decision. She's not going to work for any company that doesn't have values that, that she's aligned with. And she thought, you guys are right in my backyard. I'd love to do my internship with you. So there again is where values are at work.
0: Well, and, and so I assume also with those that you've gotten some significant testimonials as far as what people have experienced when then, when they've left work and gone home and had to deal with that. I I mean, how can you live that out in a workplace and not go home and be uh, dramatically cognizant of it? Yes.
2: Well, one of the, one of the great values that really applies at home, the accountability one of course is great, but there's one that we have that's, um, looking to the system for correction and proposing all possible solutions when something is not working to so this falls under our, let's see, respect integrity. It's under our integrity area. And at home, what I've heard many times from our parent, you know, our employees and our parents is that, yeah, you know, we used to always have these frustrations at home about homework. You know, the kids just weren't getting their homework done and it would be late at night. They finally said, Oh, I forgot to have a project or first thing the next morning. And so these parents would say, I used our value of looking to the system for correction, and realized that I don't have a system at home for how the kids have to do their homework right when they come home from school. So they create a system that says we're gonna we're gonna have a break, a 30 minute break right after school. You can have a snack, maybe you know play on your phone, watch a little TV, whatever it might be. Go outside, and run around. But once that's over with, you're gonna sit down and you're gonna knock out your homework until dinner time. And if you're still not done after dinner, you're gonna get back to the drawing board and finish your homework. So it was the systems piece that created. um, more pleasure at home than having to constantly argue with your kids about not getting their homework done.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one that I feel like in our big family, it's cyclical. We kind of start off with a bang and about six months later, things are not going well. We go, Oh my gosh, how did we forget? We dropped off the bandwagon with that one, or, you know, things changed and now it's summer or whatever we got to create. And it. so it's a consistent, I, I literally, I bet if I went back, I could ask my wife that about every six months we have to do that. But honestly, it's probably in some ways, even though we can set some things in stone business wise, you know, things change. It seems like I'm always involved. Well, we all want to be in businesses that are growing and evolving and morphing. And, and with that new things, new people. And so there are these constant revisits. Do you do that? Are there some times where you systematically plan to, okay, we're going to have to revisit because we know things are going to change. Things are going to evolve and we're going to need to revamp, revise.
2: That's a a great point. In fact, the Dwyer Group under the leadership of Mike Bidwell, our our CEO, who's actually been with the company for 33 years now, I think as of uh, April 1st. Um, So Mike had been a franchisee then he ran almost every one of our companies. But over the last three years, we've acquired so many new brands. We've grown at greater than 50% in the last three years under Mike's leadership. So Mike has said, we're growing so fast. We're acquiring so many businesses that are so um, like-minded in the culture, but they don't all know our values the way we know our values. And so he created something called the value statement because he said, as we're getting to meet these people and we're just initially uh, introducing them to our values, I think we should find a way to net it out because it's a bit overwhelming initially, so he came up with the value statement, and it's, uh, we live our code of values by showing respect for all people, acting with integrity in all of our dealings, and serving customers with enthusiasm, and of course, having fun in the process, but that's kind of Mike's way of quickly introducing our values to people that are new to us, and then saying, but here's how we do it, so these 15 value statements, behavior statements, this is how we live that and we need to all embrace those over time. Right. So, we're not again throwing it in the face of all these new companies we've acquired and, and the new employees who, uh, not that they're foreign to our values, because a lot of companies want to join us because of our values, but it's a way to adjust because we're growing so rapidly. You know,
1: I love all this. And for everybody who's listening, everybody has a different role. We've got business owners on, we've got corporate executives, we have uh, individuals who work for a company, we've got Um, people from all walks of life. And so a couple of takeaways here that I love, Uh, one is that, you know, systems are simply habits for our business and habits are just systems for our personal life. And I don't know if you realize you said this, but one of the things that I, that I truly believe is that uh, we were created to be creators right we're created in god's image and the way creation happens is we do what we should do when we should do it in other words we have the discipline to do what we need to do when we need to do it so that we can create and the fruit of that is happiness and and so it's interesting because the natural thing for people to do is to sit on the couch and just let things happen and i'm not sure what my values are and you know we can make it till tomorrow. It's not that big of a deal. And we end up being unhappy in that environment. Yet when we claim, Hey, these are our values. And then we create habits or systems to make sure that we walk those out. It puts us in a different creative space. It allows us, it allows us to create more than we had before, which is where joy and satisfaction and happiness come from. And so, I'm I'm loving the parallels between how to create a successful personal life, a successful family life and a successful business life, because it's the same thing. If you have chaos in a business because everybody's kind of doing what they want, nothing gets created. And without the creation of new things, we can't solve the problems that are new to our world and exist in our world every single
2: day. You're right. And Tom, that makes me think about, uh, you know, so many employers are complaining about millennials. I am finding, you know, we, every generation's got its frustrations, but I am finding millennials love our values. They love knowing what's expected of them. And they love knowing that it's good. There's, there's real purpose with our values. So it's amazing to me how we have these young people that are working at Dwyer today that embrace these values and say, they wouldn't go work for another company that didn't have values.
0: Yeah. And, and now, you know, we're having the same experience as we talk about and work through Ziegler family with, uh, with Mark Tim and the families. And I can speak for my own that there's so much peace and joy and belonging when we have values overall. So yeah, as people are hearing this, whether this is something you can apply to your business or a company or, or your home life, you, you can do both, you know, on that. And we've got two steps I, I want to hit real quick. You know what, let's do that. And then I want, I'm going to have us wrap up by you speaking to cause I'm curious uh, how somebody who is, as Tom mentioned, an individual in a company, how they can benefit or engage with this and a company that they don't run. They're not at the helm. They can't, uh, enable this for everybody necessarily. So I'm going to let you, get stew on that for just a moment and we'll wrap up with that. Uh, but let's hit step five, measure your performance, survey your team and customer to find out how you are doing. I found out you can't rely on, uh, on what people proactively tell you, I was thinking about this in my, in my business that, you know, the proactive things are usually the people who are really thrilled or who are really upset. Uh, but the majority are the ones in the middle that we never hear from and that we need to hear from. And so I, I take it that that's what you're really, you know, ebbing towards when you say we're going to do a tangible survey and get results from everybody.
2: And it's really easy to do. I mean, you've got tools like SurveyMonkey that yeah. are so simple So what we do with our employees, and and we used to do it annually, but I think we're doing it more biannually now, so we're not kind of driving them crazy, is we're asking them how we're doing. So Mm -hmm. how we're doing by department, by company, and then we roll it up to one final kind of score of, how is Dwyer doing overall? And we usually score about a 93 on a scale of of, 1 to 100, 100 being the best. So pretty good. And then we survey our franchisees about every other year as well. How are we doing as a franchise organization living up to the values? And they, they usually score us around a 94. So, not bad, it's an A, but it shows that we still have room, we always have room for improvement. And then you guys might remember, I had the, the, the opportunity to be an undercover boss. And one of my goals was to find out where the values really making it to the frontline employees that work for our franchisees. And the good news is, is that in almost all cases they were. Were they perfect? No, because none of us are. But the truth is, that customer was having an experience of our values almost always. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Okay. So number six, cultivate culture ideas, and you really call us to get literal and make it tangible, and in essence, set this thing in stone. And again, I like it to ensure this is not just some mere, you know, mission statement posted on a wall or a flyer, but we're actually it becomes the culture. So when you say cultivate culture ideas, will you walk us through a few examples?
2: Yes. So for for one, we create a recognition program. You know, in a corporation, even at home with your children, you know. People love recognition. Yeah. So, we gave our employees the opportunity to nominate one another for what we call a Live Rich Award. So, they can nominate anybody who they believe is really excelling and living up to the values. And then, just two weeks ago, we had our annual awards event where one final Live Rich Award winner gets like the $1,200 bonus check, um, a beautiful uh, trophy, and then the coveted parking space. Because real estate's really popular around here right now when it comes to a parking space because we're growing so fast, there's hardly any parking spaces. So we have a lot of fun with that. We ask team members to get up in front of a company-wide meeting, typically 300 people or more at a company-wide meeting, like physically in the room, and they get up in front of the whole company and recite the code of values by heart, with heart. That that takes courage, um, but it it takes real commitment too because that employee really has studied those values and they're not going to put themselves in front of the company if people don't believe they're living the values too. And we reward them with $50. There's like a $50 cash reward for having the courage to get up and do that, but there's lots of ways to cultivate the culture. They could earn a, um, we give like a $40 gift card to uh, get notice, which is a promotional company that, you know, can embroider uh, whatever they want on the shirt, but they can get live rich embroidered on the shirt if they've earned um, the live rich award. So they can, you know, wear that proudly that uh, they're a live rich, um employee who really works hard to live up to and has earned this, this status of being,
0: a rich employee. Okay. Well, and so of course we're gonna draw everybody to go get the Create Your Culture workbook at Dina com. And uh but I want you to end with for those people who are listening this now anybody should be able to to give this to bring this to their home, to their family. Um, but for those who are, as Tom mentioned, individuals working for a company, maybe not even at the executive level, managerial level, but they're hearing this and they would love to be in a values-based company. What are some things, are there some things that they can do in their empowerment, their own personal empowerment to help bring some of this into their workplace?
2: A couple of things they could, um, simply get clarity about their values and then share with a few people that they work closely with, hey, you know, I've, I've gone through this wonderful process called Create Your Culture. And these are my values, and I'm going to work hard to live these. Would you guys hold me accountable to these values? And they can start there, much like Captain McMorris-Roggers we talked about up in Congress. Kathy said this is going to be an evangelization process. We're not going to get all congressmen and women to agree to this anytime soon. She says, but we got to start here. It starts with me. It starts at my office. It mm-hmm. starts at my team and then it can go out to other offices. So as an individual who cares about leading with values, start with your own and ask some people that you work closely with to hold you accountable for those. If you have the real courage, why not buy your boss valuesinc.com or valuesinc at valuesinc.com and say, look, I've, I've been studying this. And I think this would be a great value to our company. And I'd be happy to you know, be involved in any way you need my help. But this could be a real benefit to our organization. And if that doesn't go anywhere, and if people don't seem to appreciate an employee who is values-based, I would suggest they go find a company that does care about values, that already has them set in stone, um, or is willing to let somebody help them create their values. Don't keep working for a company that is not a values, doesn't align with your values. Life is too short. Tom said earlier, you know, when you, when you know who you are, you work hard to keep that in the forefront of your life and how you behave and how you go out through the world, then don't let anybody else hold you back from that happiness because they don't believe in the values you believe in life's just too short.
0: Well, there you go. I can't think of a better ending statement than that right there. Uh, Dina, thank you so much for, for bringing this. I'm eager to, I'll have to report back some more as I work on this in, in companies. It. And uh, yeah, this sounds like a good Ziegler team meeting effort, doesn't it, Tom?
1: It does. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. That was awesome. And and uh, one of the things that just rings in my head, I've, I've heard this in my head, I think from dad 40 years ago, and that is You know, when does a good person leave an organization when their values don't line up and they don't have the power to influence the values in the organization they're in? Hmm. And uh, it's just a powerful, powerful thing. There is no downside to living the right values. There may be a little bit of bump in the road right in the very beginning, but in the long term, it always wins.
2: And it's never too late. That's right
0: never too late. Well, Dina, thank you again. Thanks for giving us your time, folks. Go to Dina Dwyer Owens, get the Create Your Culture workbook, work through it, work through it for your business, work through it for your family. And uh, thank you for being here with us as we all strive to inspire our true performance.
2: Thank you.